I'm going to have you take your Bibles and go to a passage of Scripture, but then I'm not going to quite get there yet. I want to mention something that I was reading about last night I had never seen before. You may have seen it, but uh, if you could go to Ephesians chapter 6, and uh, you'll know the section there probably on the armor of the Christian. So we're going to be starting, we're just going to read from verse 14 to 18 of Ephesians chapter 6 in just a few moments, but I want to prep our thoughts or prime our thoughts before we get there with something. And uh, I've been thinking along two lines, that being of humility and hard work, that God honors humility and hard work. And here's why I say that. I've been drawn to uh, the, the life of a man um, by the name of Dr. William Leslie. And I just happened to have something come across to my email uh, feed about him. It kind of, I'd never, it wasn't in a book. It was just an email document that I think somebody sent to me. And here's the gist of his story or the overview of his story. In the early 1900s, I think this man was actually born in Ontario, Canada, but I think he was living at the time in the U.S. But in the early 1900s, this man was a pharmacist. And he trusted Christ as his Savior. Um, and then in 1912, he went to live in a very remote corner of the Congo in Africa. Became burdened for these tribal people. And somehow he had made contact with the new bottom and, and they evidently um, didn't have a gospel witness. It was a very remote area and he left his pharmaceutical practice, his pharmacy practice, and went to the Democratic Republic of the Congo. And um, he was there 17 years, 17 years in a very remote area, never saw the first person trust Christ as Savior. Never one. Um, and yet he, and the, the overview would be that after 17 years, there was some kind of conflict with the tribal leadership, and he was asked to leave. And so he did leave. He came to the U.S., but he came to the U.S. as a very discouraged man. He felt like he was a failure. Um, he believed he had failed even to make the slightest impact for Jesus Christ. And then he died. Nine years after he came back to the U.S., he died. Uh, but the story doesn't end there because that was um, 1912 when he went to Congo. In 2010, almost 100 years later, 2010, um, a team investigating that area of the Congo mission team um, heard that there might be good soil there for missionary work. And so this team of people traveled by plane to the area and then by by dugout canoe um, through uh, rivers, and then they hiked like 10 miles to get to the very first village that they heard about that needed a gospel witness. 
um, they thought that maybe there had been some exposure to the gospel, or at least to the name of Jesus in this area, but they really didn't think it went past that. They didn't think anybody had any real understanding of Jesus or, or Christianity. But what they found at that very first um, village was they found a network of growing, healthy, thriving, reproducing evangelical churches <laughs> in this part of the Congo. Um, it was dense jungle. It was, but it was right across the river from, this is what they found out later, is right across the river from where Dr. Leslie had been and built a house and built a compound and had a medical clinic. And he was trying to make an impact for, the, for, for Jesus Christ. And uh, they learned, after finding some documents, they learned that this pharmacist, Dr. Leslie, had put himself across the river from these villages, and and often he would take month-long journeys into this remote area, and he would pray and pray and pray and walk, do prayer walks around villages, and then he would demonstrate love to these people and he was working on ev evangelizing these people and um one of the documents that they found or at least one of the records was that he would they said he would teach the bible he would teach children how to read and write and he would then tell them bible stories about his christ this is what they found they found that every village this is over one, almost 100 years later. Every village had its own gospel choir. <laughs> um, they wrote their own songs and would have sing-offs between the villages. Um, he, they found documents that indicated that the tribal leaders had resolved their differences and had issued forgiveness to Dr. Leslie, but they didn't know how to reach him to tell them that they, they wanted to make things right. So I, I looked at this, and, and I can't remember what the title of the document was, but it was something like, I mean, of the, of the email, I guess, something like 17 years of, of labor, and yet somebody felt discouraged. Uh, and I looked at this, and two words came to my mind as I was reading this, humility and hard work. Humility and hard work. Um. Humility, what's involved in humility? Trusting the Lord when we don't understand why. Um, trusting that God is at work even if we can't see him at work. Doesn't this apply to what we're doing in our pressing 900 days of praying together? This is, I mean, we're not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but we're trusting the Lord. Um, humility would have to do with obedience, knowing God knows best we don't. God says, pray without ceasing. God says, you have not because you ask not. My house shall be called a house of prayer. So we're obeying the Lord. God knows best. Humility involves time. I mean, that knock at the door of, can you give me some bread? I have some people visiting and, and a persistent importunity. This is humility. Even the sacrifice of our time is showing our dependence on the Lord, knowing that God's time is not our time. And so we don't give up. 
We keep praying. Humility. Repentance. Brokenness before the Lord. Humility. But then hard work. 17 years of praying and teaching and jungle travel. Now, Stephen would not want me to say this. He's, I'm not going to be in trouble, but he's, he would not want me to call attention to this. I got thinking about the 17 years of this man, Dr. Leslie, praying and teaching and jungle travel. And I got thinking of when I think, if I have my calendar right, I may be a little off here, but when Stephen started the United Prayer Group, Sermon Audio was about 20 years old. And now we've been praying for almost three years, um, 20 years of pioneering, of sermon warehousing, if you will. It's hard work. I mean, I, I'm, I don't work for Sermon Audio, but I, I get to see a, a lot of what goes on, and it's hard work. The innovation side is hard work, and the, the equipment side is hard work. So 17 years of hard work really paid off. And I'm going to recommend that as we're praying for the Foundations Conference in December, 20, 23 years of hard work, we're praying that, that God would use that in a miraculous way. Um, that, uh, that the prayer and, and the discipline and even our discipline coming alongside the Foundations Conference and come along, co coming alongside United Prayer and waiting on the Lord. Um, it may be that God wants us to pray for 17 years <laughs> before he sends a revival, before he sends what we're praying for, or he may completely do something different. So with that, prayer or humility and hard work. Um, let's read Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14, and I think you'll see why this passage came to mind. I, I trust you will anyway. What I think in my head is not always obviously obvious to others. But Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And we could pause there and, and look at this. This is, this is army talk, okay? This is, this is aggressive talk. So we have, we would even call this hard work talk. There's the breastplate. There's the feet shod. There's the shield of faith. Paul adds, verse 18, praying with all prayer and supplication of the Spirit. In other words, this hard work stuff is good. And it has to be there. He mentioned it, mentions it first. But humility is what fuels it. Dependence on God, evidenced by praying, is what makes it all happen. So we have hard work and humility in the same text. Really, humility acknowledges our dependence on God and our understanding that what he knows for us is best. So I want to encourage us in this area of praying for revival, praying for awakening in, with humility and hard work. And not everybody can be here every day, and we understand that. But thank you for those of you who are here whenever you can be. 
Uh, and we are dependent on the Lord. This is humility and hard work. Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 31 says, They that wait, which is humility, upon the Lord, dependence, shall renew their strength. Why do we need strength? Because the hard work, <laughs> because it's hard work, shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. In other words, God will honor humility and hard work. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So, dear friends, as we approach day 900, um, almost three years, could we be reminded of a man who labored for 17 years, God honored his humility and hard work with much spiritual fruit. And may we keep on keeping on and not grow weary in well-doing. Um, and may God honor that which we're doing toward revival and awakening. So we're going to pray. And uh, we're going to look to the Lord here today as we do pray for the advance of the gospel, the advance of the gospel. And one day, <laughs> I mean, this is, this is arguing, no, it's not arguing from silence. This is, ar this is arguing by faith. One day in the United Prayer section of heaven, maybe God will show us what our praying has done. And, uh, but until then, we pray by faith, marching forward.